Living Hope is a church striving to become a 21st century apostolic church. We are founded upon the belief that the Bible is the inspired, infallible Word of God. We believe in the Great Commission, and we are endeavoring to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with love, mercy, and truth. Listen in as we share the Word, and that, through Jesus Christ, hope is alive. You guys see me okay? I know every time I get up here, Brother Brett makes a comment. I knew. I was, it was, I was waiting for it. Usually it's Brother Brett. Uh, see, there you go. I was waiting for it. Because I can, I can use the little one. <laughs> the little one. Okay. It's actually big anyhow. Okay. Breathe. We're at church. Like, really. I don't know about y'all, but... I'm missing the whole first page. <laughs> if I miss something in your books, just let me know, okay? All right. I don't know about y'all, but it has been a busy couple of weeks. Yeah? Gosh, it really has. Like, uh, last week I was sitting here and I was like, why is it so busy? What's the point? It's never this busy. So I, I came down to two conclusions. One, it was um, the enemy which, you know, wouldn't surprise me. Or two, God is just preparing me for something in the future. So I'll take the latter before I take the first. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens out of it, and we'll go from there. But other than that, breathe. It's been a tense couple of days. <laughs> okay. Or not. It's a tough crowd tonight. Is everybody awake? <laughs> It's all right, Claire. At least you're over there making me feel good. All right. <laughs> Laugh away. All right. So um, Pastor, uh, and well, Brother Roberts actually um, asked uh, me to teach the Discipleship Course 201, which I actually love teaching these. Um, I know we've been through them. We've just been through them. Um, but this one actually, I don't, this is new. So this is actually pretty cool. So you I don't think any of us has, have been through this specific set, correct? This is, is this one new? <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> I told you it's been a long couple of days. <laughs> Brother Roberts, I can't see your mouth. You got to take your mask off. <laughs> okay. All right. Anyhow, so he did ask me to teach the first lesson in the 201 uh, discipleship course. And these are great courses. So if you haven't had a chance to go through them, I'm sure we're going to do them, but at least you can do all of 201 and say you went through that one. So um, I want to thank Pastor and um, Brother Roberts for allowing me and asking me to teach this one. This one is on prayer. Um, so I appreciate and honor both of you. Thank you very much for allowing me to do that. This um, The greatest part about this one is I didn't have to write this. <laughs> So this one, I mean, I added a little bit, but I didn't have to write it. So, I, okay, anyhow. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and start the lesson. And we'll start on the front page, which is this one right here. And I'll go ahead and read that paragraph so that we can get through this. Oh, and I was told that I had 50 minutes. So um, I've taken like three. But I'll start at 710, okay? I'm just kidding. I won't go, I won't go all 50 minutes. All right. All right. So welcome to the journey of your life. You know what? Had someone told me that when I first got to serve in Jesus, I would have, I'll tell you, 
and with a lot of like um, enthusiasm, you know, it would have been like, yeah, this is going to be great. Yeah, sometimes I'm like, what? <laughs> All of 2020? Okay. Anyhow, so <laughs> wake, wake up, young people. Welcome to the journey of your life. A good builder doesn't just wing it. He begins with a clear plan and specific goals in mind. Jesus never called his followers Christians. He called them disciples. So here at Living Hope, we recognize the importance of learning how to become mature disciples. Everybody say that word. No, not disciples, mature. Y'all knew what I was going for. Not disciples. Okay, mature. All right, mature disciples. Oh, story. I was at Hobby Lobby, and there was a, I don't know, he was like 23 or whatever. And um, we got to talking. This was about three years ago. We got to talking about something. He's like, there's three things you should never talk about at work. I'm like, oh, yeah, what's that? He's like, politics, religion, and relationships. And I was like, at that time, I was still in my 30s, okay? But I looked at him. I was like, how old are you? And so he told me. I was like, you know, I'm, I'm 39. Um, and the way I look at it is we're both supposed to be mature adults. So... I mean, we can have conversations like that and still come out mature and still come out talking on talking terms. So just a little side note, mature, mature disciples. That's what God said, mature disciples. So our discipleship courses define that process in an inspiring group setting. <laughs> All right, as we continue to take a closer look at the spiritual disciplines necessary to Christian living, open your heart to apply these biblical truths to your daily lives. Page number one, down. There we go. <laughs> we will get through it, Brother Brett. We will get through it. <laughs> All right. So <clears throat> lesson one, we're going to look at the habit of prayer. And prayer should really be the basis of our life, the foundation, obviously coupled with the word of God. But prayer should really be the basis of our Christian walk, okay? Everything we do in our Christian walk stems from prayer pastor wouldn't preach without prayer. Well, he would, but anyhow, preaching stems from prayer, all right? Up here, playing instruments and singing, it, it all stems from prayer. Teaching, it stems from prayer. Um, witnessing, stems from prayer, right? Right? We have to say, God, lead me to somebody hungry. Prayer. Um, taking pictures, because I'll tell you what, those pictures that go up on the website, they are great. There, you can you can stand or you can look at the pictures that are put on our social media page, and you can just be like, <laughs> "Wow, okay, no." Um, Angelina needs a picture on the social media page. Photography team, did you? <laughs> a good one too. <laughs> um, everything, everything should be should stem from prayer. Romans twelve twelve says, "Base your happiness on hope in Christ." When trial comes, endure them patiently. He should say strong. He shouldn't say patient. He should definitely say strong there. I'm just saying. I don't like saying that word in prayer. Anyhow, steadfastly maintain the habit of prayer. This scripture tells us to steadfastly maintain the habit of prayer. Trials should not stop us from praying, but propel us to our knees. Have a trial? Pray about it. There we go. And I don't know about y'all, but sometimes I'll get up from prayer and I don't really feel like God answered my prayer or feel like something's happened in the spiritual realm, right? So I'll have to walk around and keep praying about it and I'll do a task and I'll keep praying about it, right? It's like, to me, that's just me trying my very best to give, really give it to God. That's, I'm just going to be a little transparent tonight. 
um, me. So pray without ceasing. Well, sometimes, <laughs> God, you didn't do anything yet. Hello. You know, anyhow, I, I, I do. Every minute, if need be, we just got to keep praying about stuff. Um, I read a commentary once about the testing of Job, and um, I don't really remember what Bible I read it in. I went looking through Bibles, but I didn't find it. Anyhow, I did read it. I didn't make it up because it was really good. Um, It stated that the reason that God chose Job, and it was that God chose Job, not Satan, okay? The reason that God chose him outside of the fact that he was an upright man and hated evil, we know all that stuff, but the reason that he did that um, was that because God was trusting Job with his honor to Satan, and I've never forgotten that. Job didn't turn his back on God even after he had lost everything. And so I think sometimes, you know, how many times does God trust me with his honor to Satan? Am I doing what I'm supposed to do? Is my character in line with God so that I can be like, okay, Satan, nope, I'm not turning my back on God, even if it's really, really bad? I mean, I don't want to say even if I lose everything Job lost because you know what I mean, God. All right, we're going to leave it at that, all right? But how many times, how many times do we protect God's honor? Job did, right? Even when his wife said, um, hello, and he's like, you're foolish. Um, so it was because he was trusting Job with his honor. Why we pray. When we pray, okay, and we know this stuff, we're submitting our flesh, right, to God and his will. We know that sort of stuff. Prayer equals obedience to the Spirit of God. We can sometimes struggle, and we do, right, because we necessarily don't want to submit our flesh to God. And then that puts us in unnecessary battles that we shouldn't really be dealing with because, really, if we would just submit, it would be a little bit, it might not necessarily be easier, but it, would, it wouldn't be an unnecessary battle. Um, praying can be work sometimes. Am I the only one? It can definitely be work sometimes. Um, prayer changes us and as well as it should change us. We shouldn't be the same people we started out with when we were walking with God, struggling with the same things when we first, we shouldn't be that. Okay. It will require us to continually say, all right, God, take this, change this, move this, you know, all of that. And it will even cause us to change our ideology. It does. Your alone time with God should be the top priority in your schedule. So this has five reasons, but I only see three. But (laughs) but that's okay. Anyhow, so we're going to go with it, okay? Um, For the reasons listed below, number one, this is in your book. We were created to have fellowship with God. Everybody say relationship, relationship, relationship. Lively bunch. That works. Um, If I don't, and I'm just going to put this in context of my family, okay, if I don't have a relationship with my husband or my children and my friendships, okay, what happens? Yeah, it does. It It causes strain, right? We begin to have issues, right? I get frustrated with with them, they get frustrated with me when really the only thing we needed to do was just have a little bit of um, talking time or relationship time, you know? We have to spend time together in order to get to know each other. Likes, dislikes, right? The way they think, all of it. And we have to do the same thing with God. Revelations 3.20 says, 
Look, I've been standing at the door and constantly knocking. If anyone opens the door, I will come in and fellowship with him and he with me. It has an exclamation point. So it's almost like God is like saying, hello, woohoo, you know, it's right, you know, okay. I, I don't know about you guys, but when, when somebody knocks on my doors, the dog barks, and it's more annoying that the dog barks than it is that somebody knocks on my door. It's just so loud. The NIV, the NIV says it this way. Here I am. All right? Look, here I am. This is me. I'm standing here. I'm knocking, right? Does anybody see me? Woohoo! It's like, duh. Wake up, child. You hear? Number two, Jesus died to make a relationship with God possible. 1 Peter 3.18 says, For Christ died for sins once and for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. Number three, personal time alone with the Father was Jesus' source of strength. Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Mark 1.35 says, Very early in the morning, morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Luke twenty two thirty nine 39 says, Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives. And, and I'm reading from the NIV. I apologize. And his disciples followed him. On reaching the place, he said to them, pray that you will not fall into temptation. He withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them, knelt down and prayed. I mean, I don't, I mean, I, it was the disciples throwing the stones. So it might have been from here to back there. Anyhow, it was, he went away and he prayed. Luke 5, 16 says, but Jesus often withdrew his withdrew to lonely places and prayed. It was his source of strength. Personal time with God gives us a renewed sense of strength. What would we do if we understood the weight, the power of our prayers have in heaven, on earth, and even in the spiritual realm? Personal time with God, our source of strength. You're tired, weary, pray, source of strength, right? Pick up the crumb, someone's loosed. Drop the crumb, someone's bound, right? What kind of weight do our prayers have in heaven, right? You're weary, you're struggling, right? Pick up the crumb, you're loosed. <laughs> Drop it, you're bound, right? Same thing, okay? The purpose of prayer time. Number one, to give de devotion to Christ. Psalms 29.2 says, Give to the Lord the gl glory due to his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Second Chronicles 31, 20, 21. In everything that he undertook in the service of God's temple and in obedience to the law and the commands, he sought his God and worked wholeheartedly, and so he prospered. Hezekiah was successful because everything he did, he did in a spirit of complete devotion to his God. And I know pastor and all the, and brother Roberts and the leadership, they get up here and they say, your job, okay, your job, how can your job magnify God? What can you do at your job that would magnify God, right? God gave it to you, so use it for his kingdom. And you'll prosper. That's Bible. All right. Um, God deserves our devotion. Revelations 4.11. You are worthy, our Lord, our God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they were created and have their being. God desires our devotion. John 4.23. 
Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. And they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. He desires it. He seeks it. He looks out for it. He wants it. He desires it. That's what happens. Okay. Number two, to get direction from Christ. Is that one of your blanks? Okay. Psalms 25.4 says, show me the path where I should go. Point out the right road for me to walk. Lead me. Wisdom comes from prayer. What we do, what we need comes from prayer. Weighty decisions we have to make, they come from prayer. Direction we need, it comes from prayer. Things we're supposed to do, places we're supposed to go, it all comes from prayer. Number three, to gain delight in Christ. Psalms 37, 4. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. I want everybody to close their eyes. I want you to think of something that you desire <laughs> and tell your neighbor. No, don't tell your neighbor. <laughs> no, don't tell your neighbor. <laughs> Anyhow, it says to delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. The desires of your heart when we delight ourselves in God. Fact, the better I get to know Christ, the more I love him. The objective of our prayer time is not to study about Christ, but to actually spend time with him. Do you ever sit with someone who analyzes you? Do you guys like it? <laughs> do you kind of tune them out? Do <laughs> I do not. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Sorry, I'm talking to my husband. He's pointing at me. <laughs> Maybe I do. All right, I'll mark that down. Change that. I'll spend time with Jesus. Maybe he can help me change that. <laughs> All right. All right. It's to not study about Christ, but to actually spend time with Christ. And it's important. Our relationships. A new, a new married couple, right? They have to spend time together, right? All right. Number four, to grow daily in our relationship with Christ. God made great and marvelous promises so that his nature would become part of us. Then we would escape our evil desires and the corrupt influences of this world to grow daily in our relationship with Christ. We'll change. Our thoughts will change. Even our patterns will change. You know, the things we do, it all changes. And it's a growth in our relationship with Christ, and that is necessary. It's very necessary. Okay, so... How to develop your prayer life. Number one, approach prayer with the right attitude. <laughs> yeah, I have to work on that sometimes. Uh, be real. <laughs> I might not be real too much more real tonight. I'm sorry. Obviously, I'm, okay. Anyhow, be real. <laughs> when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what's done in secret will reward you. Matthew 6, 6. Number two, don't try to impress others. <laughs> the skit guys, I think it's the skit guys. They have this um, skit. I don't know. If you guys haven't seen the skit guys, I would encourage. Okay, wait, before I say that from the pulpit, they haven't like gone completely off the wall, have they? 
Okay, all right, so it's safe to say. So the Skit Guys, they're a Christian comedy um, duo, and they're actually, they're really funny. They talk, there was a prayer skit they did, and they were talking about spending time with God, and one of them was uh, this, I guess it was this righteous person, I don't know, with the, the ruffles on the sleeves and the ruffles on the collar and the neck, anyhow. And so he was just saying something, and you were just standing there like, really? Wow, I don't even know what that word means, you know? He, the, the gist of the skit was, really, just be real. It's about your relationship with God. Some people say really big words when they pray that I have to look up when I go home. Some, some people don't. It's your relationship with God, okay? Um, don't try to impress others, and don't try to impress God. It's that simple. Be relaxed. Be relaxed. When you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on street corners to be seen by men. Does anybody get a visual when you read that scripture? <laughs> yeah, me too. Robes. Gee. I mean, I don't know. I don't, I just, my brain goes like, yeah, off the wall when I see something like that. It would be like somebody standing on the street corner down here. What's that? Be relaxed. <laughs> okay. Um, be revealing in your prayers to Jesus. <clears throat> Don't recite the same prayer over and over as the heathen do, who think prayers are answered only to, by re only be repeating them again and again. Remember your father knows exactly what you need before you ask him. Matthew 6, 7 through 8. This verse reminds me of when Brother Mangan was talking about um, the ADHD prayers in uh, praying through the tabernacle. I don't know, he, he did mention that, okay? He's like, some of us just walk around like, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And we go here, and we, it's back and forth and back and forth. Brooke even mentioned this in her message the last, at the last ladies' meeting, uh, which, by the way, she did phenomenal. Okay, I'm just going to put that out there. Mm -hmm. That was a shameless plug for ladies meeting. <laughs> we got one coming up on the 17th. So ladies, sign up out in the foyer, okay? Um, Isaiah 65, 24 says, It shall come to pass that before they call, I will answer. And while they are speaking, I will hear. Be revealing. Before you even want, before you even know what to say to God, he's already heard it. He's already working out the answer. It's already done. Be revealing, right? So we're going to go back to Job a little bit. Job was a little bit revealing, all right? Job 7.11 says, Therefore I will not restrain my mouth. I will speak in anguish of my spirit. I will complain in the bitterness of my soul. And that is not the first time, well, that was the first time that I read that Job said it. But if you keep going throughout the 40 chapters of Job, you'll see it. He does, okay? He suffered greatly, greatly. He was human. He was not God. He was not superhuman. Human and lost everything in a moment's notice. How would you feel? Yeah, somebody yell out how you'd feel. If you lost everything in a moment's notice, how would you feel? Sad, anger, hopelessness? 
he did, Brother Fred. Yes, he did. <laughs> he did. <laughs> he probably felt fear, right? Lost everything. Hurt. Heaviness. Depression. He was weighed down by the storm that just came through and uprooted everything in his life. Anger. I mean, I would. You know, think about how, how you would feel, you know. And so, yeah, do we, I mean, did Job handle it right? I guess I would say is how would we handle it, you know. And I'm not saying, you know, it's going to be a curse God thing. But I'm saying that Job was revealing. He was transparent in what he had to say to God, you know. He revealed all that he was feeling to God. You can go back through Job and read it, okay. And he spoke to God about it. All right, he wasn't, um, he didn't have a bad attitude when he spoke to God about it. It wasn't that he was being nasty to God. He wasn't being blasphemous, blasphemous in his prayer to God. It was, hey, God, um, this is what's going on, and this is how I'm feeling, okay? And, I mean, if we're supposed to be revealing, we can do that with respect to God, okay? Now, we don't need to get struck by lightning because we're being disrespectful to Jesus. I'm just saying, if we can do that, if, if Job can be revealing and say, hey, look, I got, I got some things I got to say because I don't understand some things, we can do the same thing to God. We can, we can say, God, I, you know, whatever it may be, you know, God, this is, this is big. I cannot do this. This is killing me right now, you know, and we can say those things to God. I don't know how you're going to get me through it, God. I'm, I'm standing here. I don't understand how you're going to get me through it. I don't know what you're going to do, okay? We can do those things. If we look at Psalms, and, you know, if you read Psalms, I've, um, not, I, probably not all of them, but some of them that I've read, you can see that David comes to God, and he's like, all right, God, here we got this, 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 and this. And by the middle of the Psalm, you can almost, like, detect an attitude change because by the end of the Psalm, David's back to praising God. Okay, I know this is going on, but I know you, I know who I serve. I know this is, you're able to do this. You know what I mean? So, um, we are able to pour out all of our concerns to God through prayer. And let me tell you, when I'm revealing to God, I walk away from that conversation a lighter person because I had just laid everything that I was carrying at the foot of the cross and on the shoulders of the ones that can, on the one that can fix it. So the six parts of prayer, we're going to use the, G, the model that Jesus gave us. And you've been given three models in the last three weeks. The fervent prayer model, the family prayer model, and mine was a family affair, and the Lord's prayer. And that's what we're going to look at. So T.F. Tenney says this, I can show you a man in scripture that had 6,000 demons. The Bible said he had legions of demons in him. And when Jesus hit the shore, the Bible says he came and fell down and worshipped him. Everything is subject to God. If he steps on the scene, then everything is subject to God. If, if 6,000 demons couldn't stop him from worshipping, then nothing should stop us from worshipping. Nothing. Because God inhabits the praises of his people. So number one, I begin by expressing my love to God. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Matthew 6, 9. There are two kinds of praise. Adoration, praising God for who he is. Wonderful, counselor, mighty God, the everlasting Father, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, provider, healer, shelter. And the list goes on and on and on and on. 
You guys can even take a couple seconds and write them out if you need to on, that, on your paper. And then there's Thanksgiving, praising God for what he's done, delivering us, okay, giving us peace, okay, leading us, guiding us, praising and thanking him for our families, our jobs, and even our things, okay, they're from God, okay, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise, be thankful unto him and bless his name, Psalms 104, some great ways to praise God. As you read your Bible, keep an ongoing list of God's character qualities that you discover and then review them when you pray. How many of you guys have done that? I have not. And oh, Brother Roberts is the only one? And Sister Valerie? Oh, Brother Steve. <laughs> Brother Tim? I haven't. I never thought to do that. I mean, I think about it in my brain, but I never thought as I read the Bible, write down those character traits, right, and, and, um, and thank them for them. I, I never thought to do that. Remind yourself of the promises God has made that are contained in the meaning of his names and affirm them, affirm them as you pray. I, I have done that. I know at one point in time we did um, a discipleship course and it had all the names of um, God that were listed in the Old Testament. And so I remember going through that. That was years ago. And I remember, I remember, oh, yeah, okay, and I remember praying that one. And I remember praying, not to that, because obviously we know that all the God is all encompassing in Jesus, but it's just to watch it and to look at it, I was like, oh, okay, you know, so pray it, and the promises, promises that, that God has, remind yourself of those, C, make a list of all the blessings you are thankful for, and review them when you pray, so um, I have, how many of you guys have like a prayer journal, okay, um, uh, prayer journal, you, um, maybe you write your stuff down in your phone, or on your iPad or whatever the case may be? How many of you guys have a answered prayer journal? Yeah? I have, so the way I do it is I have this massive post-it note, right? And I have um, just some things that I need to pray about written on that massive post-it note, okay? And so as God begins to answer those prayers, I'll take a, in this case, it's a red marker, and I'll write that, you know, the answer to that prayer. And as God continually begins to answer those prayers, I'll do the same thing. You know, I'll just write the answers to those prayers. And so, I, you know, every once in a while I'll stand back and I'll be like, okay, it's time to get another sheet of paper. Which is a great thing because I'm looking and it's really, it's like, it's like kind of hanging there with answers to prayers. Years ago, pastor asked us to read the book, um, Pray in Circles, The Circle Maker. Um, and we did. And so I, would, I went home. This was right when I was started homeschooling my kids. And so I went home and I started, um, before that, he had given us a picture of the new building. Um, I don't remember if you guys remember that. And he had asked us to pray for three things. Um, one was the funding. One was um, backsliders. And one was true worshipers. And so I had had three circles on that building, just kind of coming from the building and written that. And then he'd asked us to read the circle maker. So I wrote down some prayers. I think it was like six things. And I hung it on the back of my door, just on like little square pieces of paper. And um, as we read that book together, and we all did it before the war room came out. So ha, huh, you know, <laughs> um, um, as we did that, I just kind of stood back one day and I was like, oh, that, that prayer's answered. Oh, that one's answered too. And so I started taking stuff off the wall and I was like, well, that's answered and that's answered. And so I started keeping a prayer journal. And so I'll take that big post-it note. And when, so when God starts answering prayer, I'll start writing it in the book, 
right? And so I have this book that's underneath on my bench, and I'm just like, oh, yeah, that's an answered prayer. And that's an answered prayer. Go ahead, Jesus. That's an answered prayer. You know, and so I'll get another Post-it note, and I'll put some more prayers up there, and I'll watch as God answers it. It keeps it at the forefront of your mind, and you can sit there and be like, oh, yeah, God did that. God did that. God, look, look at all of that God has done versus just God, I need, I want, why aren't you, help me. You know what I mean? It keeps what God is doing at the forefront of our mind. Okay, sorry, back to this. Okay, number two, I will commit myself to God's will for my life. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Matthew 6.10. Pray for God's will to be done in my family, in my ministry, in my future, in the nation, in the nation, in my church, in my job, in my city, in the world. We need to pray for God's will to be done. And it probably won't line up with our will, okay? But we need to get our will to line up with his will. And we need to pray his will done. Offer yourself a living sacrifice to God, dedicated to his service and pleasing to him. This is the true worship that you should offer the true worship that we should offer as we offer ourselves a living sacrifice to God, dedicated to his service and pleasing to him. That's what he wants. That's what we should offer. That's the true worship that he seeks. Um, Romans six fifteen through 23. I'm not going to read it, but I would encourage you to read it because it, let me see if I can get the one that I wanted to read. Um, true sacrifice, but I got it fast. No, but I would encourage you to read that. Let me see. Romans six fifteen through 23. All right. Number three, I ask God to provide for my needs. Give us this day our daily bread. Matthew 6, 11. What needs can I pray about? It's a blank. Do you know what it is? All of them. Every last one of them. Whatever the need is. There is no need too big. There is no need too small. Every need you can pray about. God will supply all your needs from his riches in glory. Let's go back. God will supply all of your, our needs from his riches. He's the king of the world. He's the creator. Right? He's got riches upon riches upon riches upon riches upon riches, right? And God will supply all of our needs according to his riches, not mine, not yours, not, not the world, not anybody else's, according to his riches because of what Christ Jesus has done for us. Philippians 4.19, you do not have because you do not ask. James 4.2, ask, ask, ask. Be specific. <clears throat> Take about 30 seconds and write down some of your requests. Just 30 seconds. Actually, I'll give you like 10. I'll give you like 10 seconds. And if you can claim a promise as you write that need down, write it down too. And expect an answer. Don't just write it. Don't just write the promise, but expect the answer. Remember that when you bring a problem to God, bring the solution to God as well. Philippians 4, 6, don't worry about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. 
Number four, I ask God to forgive my sins and forgive us our debts, Matthew 6, 12. Four steps to forgiveness. Ask the Holy Ghost to reveal every sin. Ouch. <laughs> yes, if we're really real, if we're really going to be really revealing to God. <laughs> yeah. Every sin. Examine me, O oh God, and know my mind. Test me and discover my thoughts. Find out if there is any evil in me. Yes, there's a lot of evil in us. Trials, I don't know if you guys know this, but trials have a way of bringing things out of our heart whoo, to the surface. <laughs> and it can be ugly. I'm just saying. I told my husband, we're going through some stuff with my mom. I told my husband, I said, honey, I said, I have never been so angry in my entire life. It has brought some anger out of me that I've had to stand back and be like, okay, Jesus. Yeah, Galatians 5.20 talks about this stuff. Anyhow, it is definitely ugly. So I've had to um, get a little bit real with Jesus. And then if I haven't apologized to my family, I apologize because sometimes. Whew. Anyhow. Um, reveal it, right? Reveal every sin, every sin, every sin that, that, that we have, we need to ask God to reveal it. And you know, if you can't think of anything, well, just remember that idolatry is a part of it. Anything we put before God is idolatry. So at least we have that we can ask God to forgive us of. Okay. B confess each sin specifically. You will never succeed in life. If you try to hide your sins, confess them and give them up. Then God will show you mercy. Proverbs 28, 13. And obviously, you know, when we confess at church is like a, you know, when pastor says, let's repent, I'm like, okay, God, I don't really want anybody to hear me. <laughs> so I'm really quiet. Or it's more like, forgive me of all my sins. <laughs> you know what's there. I don't really want anybody else to know right now. Um, C, make restitution to others when necessary. Yeah, that one's a hard one to chew, too, because sometimes I offend people, or sometimes my mouth gets the better of me, and I need to, yeah, I need to bite my tongue or go back and say I'm sorry. So, Matthew 5, 23 through 24, when you remember your brother has something against you, go at once to make peace with him, then come back and offer your gift to God. D, by faith, accept God's forgiveness. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive, our, our, forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Accept God's forgiveness. It's done. You ask God to forgive you, he forgives us. We just have to accept it. I pray for other people. Other people. <laughs> As we forgive our debtors, Matthew 6, 12. Pray much for others. Plead for God's mercy upon them. Give them thanks for all he is going to do for them friends, frenemies, and enemies. Everybody. All right? I ask for spiritual protection. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. All believers face spiritual battles every day. Satan wants to defeat you through temptation and through fear. By praying for protection, you will have the power and confidence to face every situation during the day. I don't usually recognize a battle I don't recognize a battle every time it happens. Sometimes, um, sometimes I get smacked in the face with it. 
I'm just like, whoa, where did that one come from? Okay. Um, but there are times when God does give me a warning. Okay. Um, and it's a little out of character thoughts that attack the obedience, my obedience to his word and his power in my life. And so usually um, when I get a little warning, and it's not all the time, sometime, usually what happens is I'll get a thought about cutting my hair. And I didn't recognize this until, it was, it's been years now, but I sat there one day and I was like, God, I don't have an issue. I don't struggle with that. I don't have a problem with it. You showed me a long time ago in your word. And it, I mean, when I first, when God first showed me that, you know, I, I struggled with it. We fought a little bit. He won, but we fought a little bit until, um, but it wasn't after, after it was done and it was settled, that was it. Okay. But, um, I don't want to say a couple years. I mean, it's been a little bit of a time, but, but usually when I feel like there's a spiritual attack coming, um, I'll get that type of warning. And I asked God one day, I was like, why? I don't, if that's totally out of character for me. I have no desire to cut my hair. I have no, I don't want to. Why? And God just kind of told me, he's like, there's an attack coming. And that's how the, de- the enemy, he's going to try and attack the submit, my submission to God's word and the power that I have because of my uncut hair. And so that was the attack. And so when that happens, when I get that out of character thought, I sit there and I'm like, all right, square my shoulders because I know something's coming down the pike. And usually it's, it's a big one. All right. And God shows me some things and he teaches me, okay, this is how I need you to pray in this area. This is what I need you to do in this area. Um, and I'll, I'll put my guard up and I'll watch, I'll watch for that attack because I'm telling you every time it comes and, and I sit there and I'm like, okay, God, there are things that I do not struggle with. And when I feel like I'm struggling with something that I usually don't struggle with, I kind of step back and I say, all right, God, if I'm struggling with it, okay, show me where I'm struggling with it. Show me where I let it into my home or into my spirit so that I can fix it, okay? But then there's other times that if, if, if I haven't and God says it's not, then I'm like, all right, God, if I'm struggling with it, is my family struggling with it? Is my church family struggling with it? Is my pastor and his family struggling with it? You know, and so when, as you begin to pray in those types of areas, okay, God will begin to reveal stuff. Okay, think about it. If it's an out of character thought for you, you know, or if you're sitting here and you're, you know, in 2020, I know obviously we've been feeling with fear, dealing with fear, but depression and you've been dealing with depression and that is not you and it's never been you. Step back and think, Okay, is it my church family? Is it my pastor and his family? Is it my family? Who who is it? Okay. Um, The spirit who is in you is more powerful than the spirit who's in those who belong to the world. 1 John 4, 4, the spirit that's in us. Learn to recognize spiritual warfare battles. For Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen. Believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God. 1 John 4, 1. Sometimes... And I know Pat, or Brother Robert says this all the time, you know, the little hairs, right? The little Holy Ghost hairs on the back of your neck will stand up when you feel something getting ready to happen. Pay attention to them. There is a reason, okay? Pay attention to them. I'll share you a story real quick, and then we're almost done. 
I was standing in Hobby Lobby. Um, somebody had asked me about what church I went to in the break room. And I'll never forget this. Christian was standing in that break room. And I told him what kind of church I went to. And I didn't, I didn't tell him anything else. That woman said, oh, I remember my sister tried to take me to a church in a basement. And they were all speaking in tongues. And I was like, <laughs> right? And she just kept going on and on. She's like, what kind of church do you go to? I was like, I go to a tongue-talking church. You know, that one where you were going to get dragged into the basement and they were going to pray you through to the whole. Yeah, that was, I go to that church. Oh, oh, and Christian, what? Wait, that's a real, is this okay? Okay. <laughs> I didn't even ask. I'm so sorry. But <laughs> He's like, wait, wait, you guys do that? And so his interest was so piqued in receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. We had conversations, but it was a couple days after that. He was working in the frame shop, and I'm, I'm, there's a reason I'm telling you this story. I was standing back by the frame shop putting product away in a department that was not mine. And I'm standing there, and I'm looking at some stuff, and I'll tell you what, if I didn't feel something walk in that store in the spiritual realm at that particular point in time, I'm an idiot, okay? I stood there, and I was like, what in the world? And I was looking at the product, and I'm telling you, God was like, I need you to pray. And I was looking at the product, and the God was like, I need you to pray now. And so I started praying. I started working. I was looking at the product, and I was reading where it needed to go, and I was praying, and I was talking to God. And out of earshot, this... It was a demon, I'm telling you, okay? Walks up to three people that were standing in that frame shop, Christian, Carol, and I don't even know the other guy's name, okay? And he started spewing some mess, and I turned, talking about how the spirits talked to him and blah, 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 and I turned right around after that man left, and I walked over to the three of them. I was like, that man was lying. He was lying to you. The one guy had, was sweating profusely. As I'm standing there, I'm like, that God will not work in that way. He will not do what that man is saying he will do. And I knew it was a spiritual attack because I knew how hungry Christian was for the Holy Ghost. I knew what it was. And the other lady was standing there, and she's got a tear trickling down her face. And I was like, that was not of God. God would never do that, ever. At, at all. So we have to recognize those, that's this, the Holy Ghost tears that Brother Roberts always talks about. Yeah, we need to recognize those spiritual warfare battles because they come. They come. We can recognize, when we recognize when events are happening due to a spiritual battle, then it's as, as, is, as if we reveal the enemy and his tricks. When we recognize it, we reveal the plan of the enemy and we know how to pray. Prepare yourself for battle. 2 Corinthians 10.4, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. The entire armor is essential. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand against the wiles of the devil. Ephesians 6.11, the whole armor. It'll give you a discernment. You'll be able to stand there and recognize it. You'll be able to take the shield of faith and look and say, not today. That dart, nope, not happening. Neither is that dart. That's not happening either. You'll be able to stand there and you'll be able to, and I don't care if the only thing you can do is stand and say it. The Bible says to stand. When you've done everything else, stand. God's desire for us is to be victorious. He never struggled with Satan because Satan was defeated from the beginning. Number seven, we return to praise. 
For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Matthew 6, 13. Notice that Jesus teaches us to end our prayer the same way that we started it, with praise. Corporate prayer and worship. When the church family is together, our personal prayer and our worship styles need to be in subjection to the leadership and flow with the moving of God's spirit so that others may be ministered to during the service. (laughs) Submitted, okay? Submitted. It needs to be in subjection to the leadership and flow with the moving of God's spirit. God doesn't operate in chaos. He's not a chaotic God, okay? Things are subjected to him. No personal prayer or worship should ever be at odds with the rest of the body. Seek to override God-ordained leadership. Seek to override God-ordained leadership or attract attention to the individual. Never. The spirits of prophet are under the control of the prophets themselves. God is not a God of confusion, but a God of peace. The great benefit of corporate prayer is the atmosphere of faith it creates. How should one chase a thousand and two put 10,000 to flight? Deuteronomy 32:30. The great benefit of corporate worship is the atmosphere of power it creates. Psalms 22:3. But thou art holy, O thou that inhabits the praises of Israel. That is all. That is the end of lesson one. Thank you, guys. the title of that. Thank you. Amen. Thank you, Sister Linda. And uh, great, great job of teaching. The reason we're going through this is because um, module two, I think, are th- it's three lessons. And the reason we're sharing these habits of, of Christian living is because these are the three habits that we want every member of Living Hope to be uh, practicing in their lives, all right? Prayer is important. I know that prayer is important, and especially in the, in the times as we get close to the coming of the Lord, prayer is important. So uh, read through those notes that we, that we were given tonight. Man, she gave some great pointers on prayer, another prayer model. Uh, you can't say nobody ever told me how to pray. We've, in the last month, we've given you three different prayer models. Even if you just read the notes that we've given you, you could, you could have a decent prayer just that way. Amen. All right, we're going to go ahead and dismiss you guys. Have a great week, and we'll see you Sunday. Amen. Be in prayer for our service Sunday. God bless you. You're dismissed. Sometimes it is easy to start on your destination without really knowing the exact path it takes to get there. To get to our destination, we need to follow the one who knows our predestined path. So be sure to subscribe and watch us on Facebook Live every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And also visit us at www.livinghopemd.com. I'm going to wait on you. I'm gonna wait on you